Okay, so it's the Grouchy Club podcast. It's John Fleming, uh, COP6 in, uh, in Kenya. We tried to talk via Skype or via FaceTime, and it was a terrible disaster. The line kept dropping all over the place. So instead of her, uh, because fuck her, we don't care, uh, I've got um, uh, Malcolm Hardy double award winner, uh, Becky, I keep calling. I keep thinking you're Becky Sharp, and you're not Becky Sharp because that's the heroine of Fat Vanity Fair. Right? You're Is that Be- who you gave the award to? Yes. But yeah. I wanted to see someone with a sort of fine bonnet, like a sort of, uh, you know, one of those chocolate women. I've started to ramble already. Becky Fury, and and we're sitting by Malcolm Hardy's wibbly wobbly uh, fluting pub, uh, about I don't know, twenty feet from where he drowned. So a fitting uh, memorial to him is. And you're drinking. What are you drinking? I'm drinking pirate juice number two. So we thought instead of talking to Copstick about her, her sexual exploits in the 1960s or something, we'd talk to Be- Betty, Betty? <laughs> Becky, whoever you are, about um, uh, uh, you're a relative newbie and what, what your opinion is of, of the comedy industry in Britain. Q? Q Betty Storm. You meant Betty Storm. Yeah. Storm's a better name. You it did, is, you it's did good. say this the other day, there yeah. was someone called Storm. Someone called me Betty Storm, I was introduced. It's always boring to, it's be, it's boring to be introduced by the same name all the time. Yeah, you call the same name all the time, don't you? Yeah, you could be Eddie Izzard or someone, couldn't you? That's the way to do it. Bill yourself next year as, as Eddie Izzard. I could, that's a great idea. Yeah. Would that get me another cunning stunt award? Possibly. Uh, well, you had, you, what was your second one? Because we, we gave you a cunning stunt award for the best publicity stunt in Edinburgh, uh, and then you got another one, didn't you? Yeah, which for, was for the real that? Malcolm Hardy Award, huh. which was given by another one of Malcolm Hardy's acolytes. French Fred. Indeed, who ran the restaurant here, I believe. Acclaimed restaurateur. Mm -hmm. Acclaimed restaurateur French Fred gave it to me uh, after about ten points in the Deptford Bird's Nest. Well, when I say he's acclaimed, he claimed to be a restaurateur. That's that's what he's acclaimed, yes. Anyway, comedy industry. When did you start? Why? I don't know now. I'm starting to question it. What are you drinking? Um, I, I said pirate juice number two. And do you know what's in it? No. If I said the word rohypnol, would you understand it? Did you put rohypnol in my drink, John? I might have done. Oh, not again. <laughs> Come on, comedy industry. Oh. This, this, is very like a real, oh. this is very like a real grouchy club thing. Where we actually didn't <laughs> talk about comedy until the last minute of the 30-minute uh, thing. Yeah. Oh, who wants to talk about comedy? When? I'm sick of comedy. Already? Already, how, yeah. long, how long have you been at it, Mrs? Uh, um, for uh, about five years. And Why? I don't know. I'm starting to question that myself because I've always liked making people laugh and that's always what I did. I make people laugh, but they laugh at me instead of with me. It's not the same. Yes. It's not. It's true. It is, yeah. They make a woman laugh and then you're away, they say. Not if they're they're laughing at you. It's not good. No. Um, It depends what they're laughing at as well, surely. Indeed, yeah. It's a minor thing. Uh, so I've heard. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about the comedy industry again. Uh, so, we're not so, talking about your so, cock. I, I, are you getting... <laughs> We've got that knob outside there. And, and explain that uh, appropriately. Um, well, we're by the we're by Malcolm Hardy's old boat, the uh, the wibbly wobbly way. Had a comedy club, uh, which has since deceased, like uh, its honourable proprietor, and. The, the the squatters who are on the boat uh, have hung a, a sign up that says "knob out." The squatters hung that sign up, did they? They did, yeah. Which particular squatter would that be? The ones that didn't like Donald Trump. They they hung out the the sign "knob out" uh, as a protest against the. Um, it's not the incumbent, is it? It's the the potential president-elect Donald Trump. So these pictures I have for you, putting up this banner. 
Oh, no, they're all... They're, they're faked. They're, they're faked. faked, yeah. I just yeah. made it look like I was putting the banner up because I wanted to look like I yeah, actually did something. This would probably be on my Facebook page or in a blog or something like that. Uh, comedy industry, what about it? Are you disillusioned after five years? Um, was that a burp, a quiet burp? It was. Oh, right. Do you want me to do it louder? Yeah, do it louder. Uh, closer to the microphone. Unfortunately, I can't do that. Um, I can't, The comedy industry, I... I think it's very... I thought she was fluent, clearly <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I can't even find the words to describe what I think of the comedy industry. I, I, my problem with industries in general is that they're rather detrimental to, uh, to creativity and general human interaction, which is essentially what comedy is. So I think the, the the industry around comedy, basically there's too much money in comedy um, and that is definitely detrimental to the quality and of, of the work that's produced because everyone likes playing it safe. Well, if you found there's too much money in comedy, you should give some to me. I know, I know. There's not, yeah, the, there, there is a lot of money <coughs> in comedy, but it's distributed to... Uh, to, to, the, to a small proportion of people as in any industry there's people at the top who figure out where the money is and then they just keep it all for themselves and then they they hand it out to to a certain few people as in any art i mean charles dickens made lots of money george Eliot made lots of money because they were very good it's true and the crap writers didn't well not <gasps> all of them but maybe that's yeah maybe that's the problem no but okay so that was the Victorian period, and also at the same time there was like the B movie industry no, in I the nineteen fifties. I think you'll find that the B movie industry and the Victorian era didn't coincide. The the B, I think you'll find you don't know anything about the B movie industry. I do. The Victorian period. I, I finance killer bitch. Don't talk to me about B movie industry. What in the Victorian period? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my era. That's my era. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She drank. So. You're floundering, you're floundering. I, <laughs> well, it's hopefully not literally. You're not going to push me in. Well, You've already threatened to a couple of times. Well, I did, I did say, you know, the second time is always easier. I know, we do. Yeah. We know, yeah, we had that speculation about what actually happened to Malcolm Hardy. Yeah. Who, who, who drowned in this very dock that we're sitting opposite. Uh, we're, we're about four feet away from the dock. Yes, and what happened to him? I think you know, I think you know the answer to that, don't you? <laughs> I think it was you. It was you, John Fleming. You pushed Malcolm Hardy into the into the dock because you wanted to do the Malcolm Hardy Awards and you knew that you couldn't do them while he was still alive. He, he, he was a man well used to being in the dock. Mostly in the 1970s for stealing cars, of course. Comedy industry, we're not going to talk about it. Look, talk, talk about Kenya, because that's all we always do when, when cops are <laughs> We talk about Kenya and the porn industry. So you, right. you can talk about Kenya. How, how's Kenya doing? How's Kenya? It's great. Have you been to Kenya? Uh, no. Neither of us can think of a pun there, can we? No. Of, of course we can. Yeah, yeah, no, Kenya? Kenya? Kenya. Yeah, no, yeah, I can't. No, no. There we go. Oh, there you go. Uh, what a terrible disaster. <laughs> I, I thought the technicalities were a disaster this afternoon with, with Copstick, but no, no, this could be worse. Yeah, quite so, probably. So, so what's, what's your five-year game plan? Because uh, Merth could... No, who, who's it? Someone <laughs> said we should have a five-year game plan. Uh, it was, uh, it was Jago. Jago. So everyone should have a five-year yeah. game plan, like the boy with tape everyone on his face. Everyone should have a five-year plan, like Stalin, yeah, Stalin. for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you did well with And that, he was Jago. Yes. <laughs> Not that enjoying any comparison. Um, the moustache does it. 
Uh, have you got a five-year plan? Well, you've been in the industry five years. What's happened? What, what's the, how, where have you got in five well, years? Well, I mean, I haven't got anywhere because I haven't really wanted to engage with it. I've been more interested in just, uh, yeah, just, just not just dicking around, basically. Yeah. No, because you have to take it a bit seriously, don't you, comedy? Which is kind of it's the sort of antithesis of what comedy is. And that's what the industry wants you to do. Doesn't want you to come and sit outside the wibbly wobbly uh, doing a podcast after hanging up a banner that says knob out. Not that you did that. Not that I did that anyway. No. no. So, I'm, so I'm well on my way in that case to, to comedy superstardom. Yeah. No, the, the way to actually succeed in almost any business, especially showbiz, is to die young. Right. I'm prepared to help you on this. Excellent. No. Right, okay. Well, I think I need to get somewhere first, surely, and not just to this bench outside the Wibbly Wobbly on a cold November evening. Possibly. Uh, I should be prompting you here, shouldn't I? Well, I'm just trying to think, what would I, what would I like to achieve? I would like, I'd like to be a, a really good comic performer, uh, and I'd like to... Uh, that's what I'd like to do. I just want to make people laugh. A lot. A lot? Um, I want to make people laugh a lot. You said with a sneer. Yeah. That, why? Because I like doing that. All, all, all comics are mad. Yeah. Why, why, why? Do you get a kick out of hearing applause? Because I'm, I'm not a performer. And I, I, if people applaud, I just don't... I get nothing out of it at all. Do you know, I don't know. I just feel that that's the thing that I've always wanted to do and I've always found... I've always been drawn to doing i was just found a, an old interview from uh, that was done a couple of years ago somebody you talked to other people uh, somebody tried to make a film about me really a couple of years oh, ago who? yeah uh, a an amateur filmmaker decided that they wanted to make a film and they thought i'd be a wonderful subject and this happens quite a lot and people sort of pick me up and think i'm incredible and then i disappoint them well, why would you uh, be a wonderful subject uh, because um, I don't know. I don't know why she thought that. Just because I'm amazing, obviously. <laughs> but she, so she, she started making this film about me. But I was really depressed, and uh, you know, and, and when you're really depressed, unless you're a complete attention seeker, which I'm not. I'm, I'm just a bit of an attention seeker. You don't want someone sticking a camera in your face. It's not. It's not something that you want to do. And also, when some, some especially if somebody's, uh, it was their last year of their degree. Basically, they wanted to make this film about me. Uh, they thought would be, that, that it would be a good subject. I think also they thought that I might get somewhere. <laughs> they thought wrong, um, and that they'd be able to to sort of promote their own career because they'd have this film that they made about me. Um, but also they. They weren't a very good filmmaker because if your subject wants to hide in a cupboard and not speak to you, then that's the film that you make. And that's a good film. That's a great film. Yeah, I think, yeah. to be to be honest, well, not if you're Anne Frank. No. Well, I don't well, well, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that would have been it. Would have been, that would have been an yeah. interesting film in its own right. But yeah. th- this would have been it. Would have been an interesting film if she'd been able to have the ability to see beyond the film that she wanted to make. And that's the mark of a good documentary filmmaker, so as she, opposed to a shit one. So she had an idea that she wouldn't shift. She, yeah, what, she, what was her idea then? It was a very overcomplicated, convoluted idea, and also it comes from that idea that people think that comedians are hilariously funny and perform all the time, and they're exactly the same person as they are on stage um, as they are off stage. Which is, and if anyone knows comedians, knows that that's just not the case at all. And he staggers back, you're not? <laughs> what, what, what are you on stage and off stage then? Um, when, when you're on stage, well, you're performing, aren't you? Oh, you, you, you. Me. Yeah. Um, well, 
on stage I I I like to be uh funny and gregarious and entertaining and off stage I'm yeah you're gregarious and entertaining I am quite do you know what no but I'm not now uh, I am now I'm a lot more than I was when I was really chronically depressed and uh and and hated myself I wasn't very good company so yeah I I could do it if I was doing it as a performance piece but beyond that I was just a a, a jittering wreck which I think would have made an interesting you know that that's that's your classic archetype in fact yeah. for a comedian so that would have really made probably quite a good film so is that essentially why you, you started the comedy then to get out of the depression um, no, I've always wanted to do that's That's what I've always wanted to do. And I, I should have just started doing it straight after I finished university. But I kind of slipped into doing loads of drugs and being depressed for ages. Um, and then when I got back... Oh, there we go. There's a segue back into the comedy industry. When I got back to it, about ten years later, the whole market was completely oversaturated. There was this explosion of these comedy courses. And it was fucking impossible to get a start. Whereas when I, when I started with the idea of doing comedy which was straight after I finished university I just thought oh this will be this will be fairly easy I can just go off and just do some other stuff and find out a bit more about the world and I can feed that back into my comedy and by you know 10 years later a lot of people possibly had had the same idea that I'd had but 10 years previously um which is usually what happens I'm usually quite I'm quite ahead of trends like that ooh ooh. so so how are you going to be uh, a unique selling proposition there um well, I am. I'm, I'm quite creative. People are leaving the boat. Hopefully not literally. <laughs> I, did, I did tell you, I was at one of Malcolm's birthday parties. I was on this, and it started to sink because of the weight of the shit in, in the loo. Carry on. Uh, how, how are your unique selling proposition? There's a blog about this. Unique selling proposition. Unique selling proposition. Oh, oh I'm something of. I'm, I'm quite creative. I'm quite good at coming up with lots and lots and lots and lots of new and interesting ideas. Uh, Such as? Uh, well, most, I mean, all the stuff that I've written is that is completely my own and I think of it and I... Yeah, and then I, and then I ch- attempt to perform it. Uh, effectively, that's where that's that's where I fall down. Because the problem is when people have no ideas at all, uh, and they've just got a couple of ideas that they basically nicked off other people. They work those ideas to death, and they they get a nice polished uh, turd <coughs> of a performance. And that's the sort of thing that comedy industry really likes because it is they they like their polished turds uh, that they can just you know that they can just package up and and just you know and and push onto the onto. A, public that doesn't know any better um whereas i'm not i'm I, I, yeah i'm not i'm not into turd polishing unfortunately all you're, my toes are definitely unpolished you're a sort of rough turd yes <laughs> <coughs> a turd in the rough <coughs> I have got, rather than the diamond yeah, yeah indeed <laughs> i've got the most appalling raging toothache but apart from this we, 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 we won't whinge about this carry on no go uh, ahead do you want to whinge about your toothache I've got, oh, terrible toothache you no idea two, two more days i can get to the dentist <sighs> anyway uh what time uh, 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 what, uh, 10 o'clock then i have to wait <laughs> i have to wait in the waiting room with, with my, my rampaging toothache <laughs> yeah that sounds about the right time to have a Dental appointment. It's about ten thirty yeah. in the morning. No, no, two thirty. Yeah. Oh, hey, there yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> we got there eventually. <coughs> <coughs> it's 
So it's a very bad form to laugh at your own so, so, badly constructed jokes. So, so what, what are you, what are you uh, constructing now? What, what uh, career path are you constructing now? Uh, I am going to be a successful stand-up comedian. But but you you just said to not to do that. You have to polish turds. And I know. Uh, I am going to have to. T- I'm going to have to polish my turds, John. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are you prepared to do that? You're fairly an. You you like to see yourself as being anarchic. Yeah, I do. But you know, sometimes there's there's t- just turds that you have to polish. So, so you, really, I've worked with quite a few of those. Yeah. So so you, you're prepared to be on panel shows and to uh, play the game. Yes. And you're prepared to uh, tell naff jokes? Yeah. Well, no, not naff jokes. I think I think that you need to be able to... It's what I've always done with the work that I've done, because when, actually when I first started off, I'd been living in a squat, and the work that I was producing was so left field that actually what I'm doing now is really conservative to, compared to what I was doing five years ago. So I think I can probably continue that trajectory and still keep an interesting content but make it amenable to uh, a more general... Uh, Populous public, and other things starting with P. Yeah. What, what sort of other, what sort of bizarre things were you doing five years ago then? Uh, I was. That you're no longer doing. Well, five years ago, I was living in a squat. We've been there with no money. Uh, but the material was. And it was informed by the culture that I was living in, which was really alternative and left field. And, uh, yeah, and it didn't, it just didn't, it didn't, when I used to come and do open mics, no one used to get any of the references and it didn't, and it was too, it was too extreme. People didn't find it funny. Not just because it wasn't funny, but. What sort of references were they then? The stuff that I was doing was really dark. Like, and, and also I don't think, I don't think it was. I was producing stuff that was particularly authentic, or it was authentic to the place that I was in at the time. So I was living in a squat, and I was talking about things like I live in a squat. Um, I just, I live in a squat. I like playing music that pisses the neighbours off. I just want to destroy passers-by. What can I say? I'm an old-fashioned kind of girl. And this didn't go down well. No, well, it's a Sex Pistols reference. Is it? Yes. Did you even get the reference? No. No, no. exactly. What, what you didn't even get the reference. It's a, even me, I mean, a, I'm, I'm, I'm of the streets. I'm, I'm with the youth, It's a I? reference to a Sex Pistols song. What's the song? Um, you forgot, haven't you? That one, I, uh, it's I want to be, uh, I want to be an anarchist, well, get pissed, destroyed, that one. I want to be loved by you, by you. I've got a version of that as well. What, Marilyn? Yeah. Oh, so uh, I, what, Mr. President? Oh, what's that one? I want to be fucked. I want to get fucked with you. That was another squat reference. That it didn't get fucked as in, like, take drugs. I want to get fucked with you. Just you and nobody else but you. I want to get fucked with you alone. There we go. Yeah, not that was particularly funny. But again, a reference that's a little bit outside of uh, what anyone outside of the squatting community would be able to comprehend. We're being attacked by a helicopter now, I think. I don't know if you can see. Oh, the blood on the tape. 
Are we being attacked by the helicopter? Well, if, if you're paranoid, you're being attacked by the helicopter. Right. Who knows what was in that water I was given? I know, you could always put in some sound effects afterwards. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah so just some bombs dropping and scud missiles. I love the smell of Rotherhide in the morning. It reminds me of Falcon's death. Now, hold on. We're have, uh, bleh, bleh, bleh. So we're now 20 minutes in. Mm-hmm. So we should probably start talking about the comedy industry now. <sighs> oh, do it, do it in reverse. Talk, talk about uh, uh, your time in Kenya. My time in Kenya? Yeah. Oh, I had the most wonderful time in Kenya. Did you? What yes. Um, I was... In, in the slums? Oh, was I in the slums of Kenya? You met, you met. I know, I was in colonial Kenya. I was riding around on tigers and having a lovely time, putting my foot on kefir's head. Were they burning bright, the tigers? They were, burning bright like a tiger in the night. It was, yeah, it was just like the William Blake poem. Yeah, that was just yeah. like the William Blake poem. Actually, wasn't it? quite literate. Amazing. I know. I just re- I write, rewrite William Blake quite of- quite often, actually, because that's how arrogant I am. Actually, I, so I don't just rewrite it; I improve it. I've done it a couple of times. And did these? So it's a bit waffly. And did these feet in ancient time walk up an England's mountain screen? No, they didn't. Don't be silly. Of course, they didn't. The man, he was clearly on drugs. Well, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and he was living in some sort of tower block in in, uh, in the middle of Soho. He was <laughs> in Peckham. He wasn't living in a tower block in Peckham. But no, he was in Soho. There's, there's a tower block in the middle of Soho, just off Ferret oh, of Street somewhere. Oh, of course there is. And there's a plaque saying. Uh, close to this point where William Blake lived. Well, yeah, close to this point is a bit vague, isn't it? I mean, you know, close to this point, a lot of people lived or passed by, you know. <laughs> I don't know what that, that doesn't get us anywhere. Right. I, I, I no, he clearly didn't live in a tower block, did no. he? <laughs> anywhere. But, but Geoffrey Barnard did, very similar. No, but he had a lovely <laughs> poem. I, don't, I mean, obviously he had a few lovely poems. He's quite well known for it, isn't he? Um, but oh, he, lovely, there lovely. was, there was this. There's one of the one of my favourite um, phrases is about one of the. It's a, it's, it's a phrase rather than a full poem, and it's about um, William Blake said that he saw um, in, in Peckham um, a oh. tree and every bough was uh, bespangled by angels with their their eight their their wings of fire. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah. Obviously, William Blake had uh, the best dealer. Yeah, and south of people Rotherhive. People were still talking this way in Peckham. I was in Peckham the other day. Are those angels still there? Well, the people were still talking like that, though. The oh, right. Still hallucinating. <laughs> right, yeah, no, that's, that's well, quite Well, you have to probable. hallucinate in Peckham. You yeah. wouldn't really want to live there, would you? No. Uh, uh, well, there we, this is petering out. We have to, we have to reach a, a glorious climax, though. We, we turn it at the last moment. Copstick and I always turn it at the last okay. moment as it's going down the tubes. Right. As it's sinking into the, into the Rotherhive water. <laughs> we re emerge like the lady from uh, the lake with the. <laughs> The sword held high. You're with your iPhone held aloft. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> right. <coughs> Did I mention I have toothache? Oh no, no, we should do that bit. That's the good that's that's the grand finale bit. What the toothache? Yeah, talking about your toothache and what time you're getting your your tooth out. <laughs> do, do I do I smell because I've I've been just rubbing on their oil of clothes like Oh you just smell business. normally. Uh, thank you. I've been rubbing on all the clothes like nobody's business. Right. It says, it says, oh, no. Why don't you rub it on like somebody's business? That might help. Hey, hey. No, that's, that's no good. That's not a climax. We want a climax. <laughs> right. What, 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 are you, what are you working on at the moment? I'm working on my new show, um, which... Which is called... Which hasn't got a name yet. I was, what were we saying? Call it Derek. Yeah. It's yeah. quite a nice name. Yeah, Derek. Yeah. Uh, 
No, everybody gets us nowhere. <laughs> right. What the, oh, the leave, comedy leave, industry? Leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting more. Yeah. Um, so you're going to carry on for how many years before you succeed? How many? I'm right. I'm going to be successful th- next year, basically. Oh, it's always next year, but I haven't got very much time left in this year to be very successful. <laughs> Any more successful? No, I've been quite successful this year. Um, but what's success? No, there's a good question. No, it's a naff question. It's, it's, it's not money, is it? Is it, no. is it? The approval of your peers. No, fuck them. You have no peers. You have no peers. Approval any old peer. No, I. I approval. The only peer that I need approval yeah. of is is me. I need to, to to approve of what I'm doing myself. But it's success. It's just about it's about being happy with yourself, isn't it? Essentially. This is the Buddhist thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and I am a Buddhist. Or I was in a past life. And, hey. hey. <laughs> and you're going off to some hilltop in Wales where you're not going to speak for ages. Uh, yeah, that's true. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Right. I know, I'm sure there's, there's meant to be a joke in there, isn't there? Somewhere. 